Bless the name of the Lord for he is good and his mercy endures to every generation. Let us go ahead and jump into this word for today. It is um, because it's Father's Day. I'm doing like we did on Mother's Day. It's primarily focused on fathers. However, I believe there can be there's going to be some things that we can all pull from this. But this is a message of encouragement to the fathers. The title for today is A Father's Life is His Legacy. A Father's Life is His Legacy. And my whole goal in this, in this is for us to understand that God has designed us as, as, as a man that we are the planters. We establish things, we place things into the soil so that it can mature and grow. And that also, us being the planters, we have to realize that we set examples in how we do what we do. And these examples affect generations upon generations. And so we want to just discuss that very quickly. I just want to encourage the fathers. I know uh, your... your uh, your family's probably getting ready to do some barbecuing for you or something like that. So I just want to give you plenty of time to enjoy that 16-ounce uh, T-bone steak that they've been marinating for you for the past couple of days. So it'll be nice and flavorful. All right. Our scriptures are going to be coming from, the first scripture is coming from 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter and the 11th verse. 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter and the 11th verse. English Standard Version says this. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. I would want us to realize that the difference between a child and a man is not by chronology, not by your age, it's by your mindset. I'm going to say it one more time. The difference between a child and a man is not their age, it's their mindset. I'm going to say it one more time. The difference between a child and a man is not their age. It's their mindset. There are some young men that we would say are still children that carry themselves in a very mature fashion, in a very... Uh, you know, they say, they say you got an old man's soul type of thing, you know, because they try to carry themselves as a, a more mature than what their age says they should act. But I love the way that Paul breaks this down. He says, when I was a child, and he doesn't say when I was young, he just says when I was a child. I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, and very importantly, I reasoned like a child. 
He says, when I became a man, I gave up childish ways. So he's saying, when I became a man, I no longer spoke like a child. I no longer thought like a child. I no longer reasoned like a child. One of the things that I want uh, us as fathers and men to understand is that there are folks that are looking up to us, looking to us in order to see how they should be navigating life. They're looking for an example to follow. And because of that, they will look at whatever is close to them to be an example. And sometimes it's, it's as if the uh, person that is looking for the example is acting, conducting themselves in a more mature manner than the person that should be the example. And so, not beating anybody up, I just want us to get an understanding of this because in order for us to leave a, the legacy that we want to leave, legacy is not based upon how you conduct yourself, but how the conduct that you had is seen throughout your seed seen throughout those that uh, you've influenced their lives. That's how your legacy is established. And so we want to have a legacy that has integrity, that has honesty, that is telling, uh, that is revealing to folks that we are responsible and we take responsibility when necessary. That's what I believe a mature male type of mentality should be. But there are uh, males, men, fathers who do not see it that way and they act as if they are still a child. And so then when they're uh, being reviewed or being looked at, they are being examples of how to remain immature. And that's not the result that we want. So I want to look at another scripture and then I'm going to get on my soapbox and then we'll call it a day. Okay? The next scripture I want to look at is coming out of 1 Corinthians 4 and 15. In the English Standard Version it says this. It says, For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. And this is Paul talking to the church in Corinth. Another version says, For though you have thousands of teachers, you do not have many fathers. Another version says, You do not have, you have thousands of instructors, but you do not have many fathers. And so what I want to do is I want us to look at the difference between a teacher, a guide, an instructor, and a father. What is the difference between these two? I am believing that you are no longer 
speaking as a child, you're no longer thinking as a child, you're no longer reasoning as a child, that, but that you're reasoning as a man. And I want to discuss what, as a man, there's two factors that we, we can either be the teacher or we can be the father or father figure in the lives of those that are around us. Let's go on this little journey. And so when we are operating in this manner, we have to look at what is the difference. The reason I got this in my mind is I'm currently doing a study on vision and one of the first questions that it uh, asked is, are you a manager or are you a leader? And it breaks down the difference between the two. There's a significant difference between both are needed, just like a teacher is needed as well as a father. However, the outcome for both of those are different. A manager is not a leader. A leader is not a manager. Uh, sometimes they can, they can appear to be, but their focus and their functions are different. A teacher could be a father, and sometimes a father is a teacher, but their functions are different. Let's talk about a couple things about these differences. A teacher loves information and loves to disseminate that information to whoever it is that they're talking to. Fathers love to get involved with their lives and not only provide information but push to ensure that that information is applicable and able to reveal to them this is what you can get from this information. So we see how a teacher can be providing information for the students, for the children, for who, whoever and the father kind of is the person who works on the applicability of the information that's given. So we want to be the father, the one that is involved. And one of the things that I enjoy is I enjoy uh, seeing uh, when people are doing the parent teachers conferences, I love seeing the parents there together and the parents interacting with the teacher together because this is not just the teacher's responsibility. The teacher's responsibility is information. The parent is, you know, essentially we're talking about the father right now, is how do we apply this? How do we ensure that this information is being made a part of my child's life? Now, I know some parents say, you know what? You never gonna, you're not going to ever do trigonometry the rest of your life. But for right now, trigonometry is what you need to learn. And so they begin to operate and begin to uh, ensure that they have a proper understanding of what it is that trigonometry is so that they can do well in their lives. The father spends time with the, the father 
becomes a part of the life of those that are his children. Now, I have young men that I consider my sons because of spiritual connections, and I have one son that's my biological son. I call all of them sons, and I believe that God gives me insight into their lives because of my position in their lives. And with that, I'm able to speak to them in ways that other folks cannot because I am an integral part of their lives. Now, what gives my son, my biological son, because my biological son is not only my biological son, he's my spiritual son also, so I get to know because he has half of my DNA how he thinks, and because God speaks to me, I know how he thinks. So he gets himself in a little bit more trouble than anybody else. But no, he's good. He, he, he's a good man. I call him, I call him the updated version of the Pender family. So anyway, this is why it's very important for us to want to be a part of the lives of those that God has put into our care. A teacher loves for uh, a student to, to, you know, say, Eureka, I understand that. Oh, wow, you know, I, I didn't understand it before, but now I understand it. You know, they love to see the minds of their students become illuminated. But the fathers want to see the legacy or the... the, the, the the change in the mindset, a transformation that occurs within how the sons or daughters conduct themselves based upon the instruction that the father's given them. Teacher just wants you to get an understanding and wants you to see that it could be better. The father wants you to take it a step further and wants you to push yourself to make it a part of your life. Teachers like to search for students. Teachers are looking for students, looking for folks that they can train. Look, fathers are looking for sons and daughters, those that they can they get a intimate connection with that goes far beyond just talking, but being able to have insight and to be able to push a person from where they think they, are, they need to be to where God has desired for them to be because of the connection that they have with one another. The next one that I, that I want to talk about is that there are a whole... See, the, the thing is, being a father means that I am not only looking at the present, but I am looking into the future and seeing where I need to take the person that I am uh, instilling, the person that I am encouraging, the person that I am building up, where I want to see them in the future. And God gives us wisdom on how to negotiate those pathways. Teachers are those that will just take the present and say, okay, I'm with you here, 
this is where I believe we should go. And they just kind of move along with you. But the Father pushes you. He challenges you. And he pushes you some more to get you to where God has intuitively told him that you need to be. The teachers enjoy the fact that you have academic success. They are excited about the fact that you have come home and you have achieved something academically. Fathers love to see life success. And I, I, my son probably going to be like, oh man, my son, I have to brag about him because he has did some things in his life. I didn't think I was doing a really good job at first, but then as I watched him, I saw that God uh, used my, un my learning how to be a father and filtered it so that he got what he needed in order to be successful. I will tell you, my son loves his wife, he loves his family, and he has a heart to take care of them. When uh, my son first got married, we had some little things going on, and he was still staying with us. And one day I sat down with him. I'm kind of taking this down a little bit, a couple places. And I said, son, you need to get a place for you and your wife because you are no longer supposed to be with us. You're supposed to be with your wife. Within a week, my son had found him an apartment had him and his wife there, had got it furnished, and I, would, I, I called him, I said, my proud meter is at the top because you are doing what you need to do in order to be successful. Now, 15 years later, they are, they are still happily married. They got 50 kids divided by 10. They only got five. I, ain't, I don't want nobody to start thinking crazy I just wanted to say something crazy but they have five wonderful uh, boys and because I believe God was helping me to understand how to be a father that now he is a better version of a father because of the process that we both went through and now I believe that my grandsons are going to be the 3.0 uh, pender they're going to be a better version because my son is building off of what I taught him, and he's doing something a little bit better with his sons, and it's going to perpetuate. And I believe that's what fathers do. Fathers make the next generation better than the previous generation. While teachers are just concerned about the here and now, fathers are concerned about the now and down the road, the later. So then that makes me run into the fact that teachers pretty much just have an intellectual connection with their students, while fathers have a heart connection, that they're connected by something that is greater than their mind, it's their inner core, it is who they are, and they speak into the lives of their uh, children. One more example. One day, uh, I had uh, asked my son to come to my office, and we sat down, and, I, and I, I explained to him, I said, hey, son, I said, I know you want to do this. I said, but now you are a father, and 
If you are single, I tell you to go ahead and do that. But you have to be concerned about instilling into your sons what you want them to be as men. I wish I could tell you that you could go ahead and do everything that you want to do, but we can't. No, we no longer we can't do that. And then I had let him. Now I was explaining to him by some examples. I said, "You remember when 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 we did this?" And uh, he's like, "Yes, sir." I said. Well, the reason I did this is because I wanted to make sure that you all were stable. I said it caused me not to achieve everything that I wanted to, but you all were more important to me than what I could do for myself. And I believe he made the decision at that day to, to be more of a father than be co more concerned about himself. And God opened up, I'm, listen, God opened up doors for my son and... I am so proud of how uh, God answers prayer because that's the other thing that a father does. He prays for his children and he prays in such a way. If you ever read the first part, the first chapter of the book of Job, Job would pray for his children and say, just in case they said something that is against the Lord, I want to intercede for them. And that is another thing that a father, when they have that heart-to-heart -heart connection, they only want the best for their children. And they only want success for their children. And so they go before the throne of God and seek God to say, Father, please, if they've done anything that is against your will, please forgive them and bless them. Because that's what a father does. And the another point that I want to bring out is, is that if a person is just a teacher, just a mentor, or just a guide, it's, it's more so about them looking for opportunities for them to do that. They, they want to teach more, they want to guide more, they want to mentor more. But a father is looking to see the fruit of his interaction with his sons and daughters. So they are looking for their sons and daughters to get out there and to do what it is that they believe that God has put into their sons and daughters to do. Uh, there's a scripture in the Bible that talks about that bring them up in the way that they should go. And when they get old, they will not depart. And a lot of people have, to me, have kind of misconstrued that to say if I bring them up in this manner then that they won't depart from that but I believe that it has a little bit more weight to it the weight is it is the responsibility of the father and the mother to seek God to the direction that the child should go and to guide them along the path that God has designated for them to go and then when they get old they will not depart from that course that got because it's already in them to be what it is that the parents have heard from God the direction for them to go so I, I know that's a little different than what a lot of people say I brought them up in the Lord but what is their purpose what is their what has God put them on this earth to do that is our responsibility as parents especially as the father as the head as the covering over the family unit to propel those children to go in that direction. So as I'm 
coming to a close, this is what I, uh, one of the things that I want to say. If something has happened whereby you as the father and the mother of the child are no longer together, that does not negate the fact that you still have a responsibility to the child to ensure that you are still a father that is speaking into their lives, that you are causing them to walk in honesty, integrity, initiative, doing those things that God has directed you to do. We cannot fall back into, oh, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to play the game my way, so I'm going to take my ball and go home. We, that, that's, that's a child thing. We want to be mature about this, and we have to understand that it's no longer about us, that once a child comes into this world with our genetic code, then we have a level of responsibility that we should be going forth and ensuring that they achieve everything that they should achieve. I know there's uncles, I know there's grandparents, but there is really one father that can speak into the life of their children so that their children can achieve what God has designed for them to achieve. And so that's all I got for us today. Just jumped on my soapbox real quick and I just want to encourage fathers. You can do this. God has designated the male, the, the, the man, the husband, the father to be the leader. Doesn't mean that he's better. It just means his responsibility is different. And your responsibility is in, to plant seeds of love, of hope, of uh, power into those that are given to you so that they can become successful in God's kingdom. That's all I got for you today. Happy Father's Day again. I believe something was said today that will be an encouragement to you so that you can walk in the power of knowing that you are a man that has put away his childish ways, a man that is not just a teacher, but one of the few, the proud, the fathers. I know you thought I was going to say Marines, but no, the fathers, those that build up and have heart-to-heart -heart connections with their sons and their daughters. But one of the things I want to tell you, Father, is that if you don't know Jesus or a family member, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have a deficiency in your ability in order to convey to others the best that they could have for themselves. So I would tell you today that choose today as the day, this Father's Day, the 21st of June, as the day that you can say, I've got every piece in place. I've accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And now I am going to operate on a level that is above childhood reasoning, childhood thinking, childhood speaking, and operate in the power of a citizen of the kingdom of God. And it's a very simple process in order to do that. The Bible says, if you confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, and that believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. That means that you are no longer under the uh, penalty of sin, but you are now a child of the kingdom of God. 
If you've done that today, please let us know that we can give you additional information to assist you along this path and that you will walk in the power of who God is in your life. Well, that's it for today. I want to just encourage you to know that a father's life is his legacies. God's blessing be upon you. Have a wonderful day today in Jesus' name.